0: The Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach. I mean, here we are, uh, opening week of the 2020 NFL season, and it is going off on schedule. Uh, I have to admit to you that I was very skeptical that that would happen, um, certainly on schedule. Um, What are your thoughts about how the league has kind of put everything together to pull this off uh, as they have?
1: You know, it's been really impressive. Um, it, it, you know, it hadn't necessarily been fluid, but it's been impressive. Um, their, their willingness to continue to work, to make adjustment after adjustment um, to protocol and so forth, I think has been the most impressive thing. Um, we didn't formulate a plan and then send that plan to press and, and be unwilling to adapt or adjust. We adapted or adjusted where necessary, based on what was transpiring with us, based on the information gathered of the experiences of the other sports. And I just think just that general attitude, that willingness to continually adjust is what has us where we are right now. Uh, During your news
0: conference last Tuesday, you said the focus of your plan for tonight's game would be to put your players in the best position to win by utilizing schemes that they can perform well in a variety of circumstances. So in that respect, uh, is this regular season opener similar at all to a preseason game from a strategic standpoint?
1: It it probably is in terms of my attitude, in terms of doing what the guys are capable of doing and executing. But given the amount of time that we've worked relative to the amount of time that we worked leading up to the first preseason game, uh, the expectations are different. Um, you know, I, I I do want to bring the game to them and allow them to, to win the game and and, and play fast and free and all of those things. But I think it's a reasonable expectation for them to have a decent volume of game readiness in terms of the schematic. So uh, it is in spirit uh, but I'll expect them to be able to handle much more football tonight uh, than I would expect them for a preseason opener.
0: When you're trying to put together a plan based on what your team can execute well in a variety of circumstances. Do you first, like, go through maybe a week or so of practices, evaluate those, and then incorporate what has been working? Or do you just draw a line and say, okay, this is the foundation for our Steelers football. This is what we're going to work on and perfect for the game two weeks from now.
1: It is that line that you mentioned. Uh, It is that declaration of what our football looks like in the things that we value, whether it's schematics or style of play or attitudes or approach to, to situational things, um, there is a steal away. And we, do, and we do drop that stake in the ground and work from there. What did Zach Banner
0: do to win the starting job at right tackle?
1: You know, they both performed above the line of expectation. I just think he performed more consistently better. Uh, he brought it on a more consistent basis, on a daily basis. Um, and I think that's reflective of, of what he's capable of doing over the course of the journey. Both guys are started capable, but the ridiculous consistent consistency of not only his approach but his performance, I think, won out in the long run.
0: Whenever you're uh, faced with a decision like that where, you know, one guy is going to win, say, a starting job, and the other guy on game day is going to be your swing tackle, do you make the decision based solely on who's better, to be the starter, or which combination is going to uh, get me farther along in terms of both jobs? Like, you know, you weigh both jobs. Which way is it better for the team overall?
1: For me personally, at least in that instance, the decision was made exclusively on, on the job at hand, the right tackle job. Maybe there are other instances where you have to weigh certain things in terms of specialization, uh, but, but in that instance, it was based solely on performance as right tackles.
0: Your two new assistant coaches, Matt Canada and Ike Ike Hilliard,
1: uh, where will they be
0: during the game?
1: You know, they're um, going to be on the sideline and upstairs. Uh, Ike on the sideline, Canada upstairs. Um, And so we're going to be feeling our way a little bit in in terms of some of those things, how we communicate, the amount of communication, or if there's no way to really simulate that. Uh, But I'm excited. Uh, We got a professional group. We got a group of really good communicators and uh, guys that are, that, are, that are comfortable expressing opinions and the opinions are welcomed. And so I look forward to that, to that get to know.
0: What do you expect from the coaches who are up in the booth? What kind of information, communication do you expect from those guys up there?
1: Sometimes chatter is not a good thing. So I don't, I don't need a play-by-play. Um, what I need is perspective that the sideline does not provide us. And so thoughtful infusion of information is what's really um, prudent and appropriate from upstairs. Um, and oftentimes there's a there's a dialogue and an effort to perfect that because there uh, there's certain things on the sideline that that we can see and, and we don't need those things described but there's definitely things on the sideline or perspectives from the sideline that we need assistance with.
0: Could you give me a couple of, uh, of specific examples of what you mean by that?
1: Yeah. How, how plays finish on the far sideline, uh, line to game related things. Uh, we get pushed out of bounds. How far are we are? How far are we from the first down marker, particularly if you're working on a field that has any sort of crown on it? Field perspective is difficult. So those are, you know, on a source level, those are primary jobs of guys in the box. Ball out at the minus 31 yard, they have to go, Coach. Those type things. And it, and it, and it grows from there. Uh, coach, last week Cam Hayward signed a contract
0: that uh, should allow him to finish his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, what does Cam mean to this team?
1: You know, he's just really a, a walk-in example of, of how we like to do business. That's a young man that, that Kevin and myself identified at Ohio State. Prior to his draft, we came to town. We got to know him. We took him out to dinner. We participated in all pre-draft things. We drafted him. He wasn't necessarily a finished product. We put him around some quality veteran leadership like Aaron Smith and Brett Kiesel, and he grew and developed. And as those guys' careers wound down, uh, his revved up, and uh, it continues to To improve, and he continues to 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 play at an extreme high level, and and he's in turn training the next generation. And so, man, it's a, a really a proud moment when when we're able to do business like that. To watch a guy like Cam Hayward, who's homegrown uh, and developed and produced, and and will have an opportunity to go into his third contract here, is really just reflective of how we like to do business and the growth and development formula that we have for our players and the players' roles in it, not only as a as a mentee, but now as he gets into his third contract, the mentor paying it forward is, is cool and fun to watch. Do you ever allow yourself to
0: look at and maybe appreciate what a guy like Cam Hayward and others do away from the facility, away from Heinz Field, the way they're active within the community, those kind of things.
1: It's really cool from my perspective now, and I say my perspective because I've been here long enough that I, I see where the seeds were planted. You know, I appreciate Cam's willingness to to be in the community and and to represent us and himself in the way that he does. But I was also here for for the the early portions of his career when he was simply coming along, Brett Kiesel, and watching Brett Kiesel do the things that he did and continues to do in the community. So it was awesome just to watch that training process and then in turn the maturation process of him. And now it's fun to watch him as he conducts his foundational business and you see young guys coming alongside him. Uh, In past years
0: at the beginning of a regular season, we've talked about September football and what's important for a team to succeed during the early stages of a season. With no preseason games this summer, has what's important to winning in September changed at all, or is it maybe just simply magnified?
1: It hasn't changed at all. It's simply intensified. Um, Part of being a tough team to beat is not beating yourself. And in September, that means doing fundamentally things well, uh, maintaining possession of the ball, uh, working your tails off to play penalty-free, and be situationally aware. And situationally aware, I mean aware of circumstances uh, in the game relative to situations, fluently getting 11 on and off the field through through offense, defense, and special teams and so forth. And so without uh, preseason work, man, those things are are not things that you take for granted. Those are things that have our attention. And, and so we're working extremely hard to make sure that we're a tough team to beat.
0: Uh, last week, the Steelers named their captains for the 2020 season. Uh, just to recap, it was Ben and Marquise Pouncy for offense, Cam and T.J. Watt for the defense, and Jordan Dangerfield for special teams. Uh, being that this is the NFL, these are professional athletes, what's the significance of team captains?
1: It means different things uh, to different people. Guys like Ben and Pouncy and Head have been captains before, and you know they're respected not only for what they do, but what they've done and how they conduct themselves. It means something totally different for a guy like Dangerfield who's been cut a bunch and been a practice squad guy and really has worked his way up through the ranks. It's really a a sweet honor for him to be recognized by his teammates given uh, the challenges that he's faced during the course of his career to find footing and to build it to this point. And then it's it's significant for a guy like Watt um, who has come of age and come of age in a big way. Um, and although he is young, his teammates really respect him and look to him for leadership. And so new leaders are exciting. Guys who've had challenging journeys have come through the other side of it and get recognized. Uh, that warms your heart. And it's good to have known commodities like the, like the other three that I mentioned. Uh, already this weekend we have seen
0: teams um, make statements or um, you know, do things with regards to social justice uh, the initiatives that, you know, have kind of been in play throughout this offseason. Do you have any uh, plans, the Steelers have any plans for tonight's game? And if if you do, can you explain what they are and maybe how they came about?
1: Yeah, I think, I think our guys intend to stand arm in arm and, and hold banners that express uh, their opinions regarding uh, racism. I think specifically one of the banners is going to say Steelers against racism. And um, they also want to Represent the hometowns that they come from. So it's not only Pittsburgh and Western PA and Steeler Nation. They want their loved ones and friends and associates back home to understand that they are with them as well. And so that's what their intentions are. Um, But week to week, I'm not going to manage that. Um, You know, our guys will be supported, like I've said several times, uh, provided they are thoughtful about how they choose to express themselves and they do so with class and. I'm proud to lead them and, and I'm proud to call them the Pittsburgh Steelers with the thoughtfulness and the approach that they've taken to, to their participation in these opportunities in 2020.